Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Jumping on the bandwagon today is Mr. Bali Chima. He's just recently launched his own uh, podcast called Lift Your Life. Um, please do make sure that you uh, check it out. I will be putting some of the links in the description on uh, the video link on any channel that I can, I'm able to. So please go out there and support, subscribe, and uh, we'll get into it now. Um, Bali, can you hear me okay from there, mate? Yeah, I can hear you, mate. I can hear you. How you doing, Ricky? Okay? Yeah, yeah. How are you? Not bad, mate. Not bad. Not bad. It's really a strange environment to do this with me and you um, uh, outside a pub. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the last time we actually physically met, we were actually, we were actually out of the country as well, weren't we? <clears throat> yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, it was abroad. It was a good, yeah, in- interesting, interesting holiday. Um, <laughs> so just for those people who are kind of well, trying to work out what's going on here. Uh, so me and Bali have, uh, are good friends. We've got a very big circle of friends and uh, uh, Bali is definitely one of the key members in that crew. <laughs> so it, it's, it's kind of a refreshing to see a, a, a familiar face on here. So yeah, yeah, no, good to see you, Rick. Um, always a pleasure. Hopefully we can meet up in a pub soon, a couple of weeks time, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how, how's your how's your podcast going? Not bad, not bad. Um, I'm completely new to it. Um, so it's just a case of, I thought to myself, right, I need to get the, the message out around mental health. And I had all these different various ideas. And I thought, somebody goes to me, actually, it was a cousin of mine that said to me, um, because I released my own story. And a cousin of mine goes to me, he goes, uh, your YouTube interview was really good, where I spoke about my story. But he goes, I, it was very difficult for him to sit down and spend an hour and actually watch a YouTube video. Mm. A bit madness. So he was like, it would have been better if I could, if there was audio available as well. And then the light bulb moment went off. Mm. And then I think I spoke to you about it, actually. And then, <laughs> and then before you know it, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is one of those things. I think like we, we did chat about it and, um, I think I was going from my own uh, headache even at that point where I was like, I was like 18 months behind from when this was supposed to, to kind of start. And then, oh, just one thing after another. And then I just then, you know, then, I, then um, you know, you you ring me and say, you know, I'm thinking about this, any advice? I was like, yeah, yeah, this is what you should do. This is what we think <laughs> you do. You know, lo and behold, we're like literally just kind of starting at the, at the, at the same time, which is, um, which is good, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and and with my podcast, it's it's mainly really talking to people who have suffered some kind of adversity in their life. So I haven't strictly said it's just a mental health podcast. Um, it's because I think it's important for people to understand that loads of people go through some kind of adversity and they'll have 
downtime and when they're feeding not too great and so on and so forth. And that could be potentially a mental health issue. But the, the whole thing around mental health is, is what I've learned over the last probably couple of months when I've been trying to speak to people about it. They sort of back away from the situation, mainly blokes. When you turn around and mention the word mental health, it's sort of just like the barrier comes up and, you know, they just think, well, prime example, I spoke to someone about it and they were like, oh, well, I've never suffered with mental health um, because um, I've never been so down where I want to commit suicide. Mm. But I was like, that's not the point, as in, yes, that is an aspect of it, but that doesn't mean... Mental health doesn't mean that you are at the point where you want to commit suicide. So I think it's just trying to get that knowledge out, that people understand that you can have mental health issues and and, and you can suffer with your mental health. But it doesn't have to mean that it's going to be that extreme. Like me personally, it wasn't that extreme when, when I dealt with it, thankfully. So, you know, like we're in the same circle of friends and and we, we obviously know each other I, you know when when you when you mentioned your story i was completely taken aback you know by it because i thought you know i know this guy um there's no indication it's probably the common story where like you know i never i never saw any of the signs he was always okay there was nothing like this so just for those people who kind of you know kind of new to your story um Take us back to, um, you know, your relationship with mental health and, and, and ultimately how it ended up being a podcast. Yeah, I think, well, what my story is, is um, I'm a powerlifter. So I've been powerlifting for many, many years. Um, and basically, while, while I was powerlifting, um, I won two world titles. I was, I was at quite an elite level. I'm quite proud to announce that everything that I've done, it was all drug free. Um, so no steroid abuse or anything like that. I'm completely drug free. Um, so, yeah, I've done that from a young age. And what happened then was I got married. Um, that wasn't the indication why my mental health issues started. My wife would kill me if, I said, if she hears me say that. Um, but basically, um, yeah, I, got, I had an injury and that injury caused me effectively I couldn't do anything so I was so it was such a struggle I had to wait for my wife to get back um, for me to actually do anything and I wasn't used to that and that really affected me and that's what really sort of started off the demise of my mental health prior to that I was having sort of confidence issues because I'd stopped powerlifting and I was focusing more on married life I was focusing on you know, parties, going on holiday and stuff like that. So I wasn't really concentrating on, you know, powerlifting as such. But I think because it played such a big aspect in my life, I didn't realise that it was actually eating away at me and it was actually affecting me mentally. But then it sort of come to a head when I had this injury, but I was actually making a comeback to powerlifting because I'd sort of thought, I'll make a comeback and I'll be in a good place again. Um but I was sort of just jumping from one thing to another all the time. But I eventually decided that I was going to start powerlifting again. And um, I rushed it and I injured my right shoulder um, where basically the tendon come off clean from the bone, which was um, between the shoulder and the pec while I was bench pressing. 
Um, so they had to reattach it. So that meant that I was going to be out for a matter of months, to be honest, with regards to the powerlifting side of things. And I think over a period of time, that then sort of just, it just pissed me off, to be honest. I was more pissed off because I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And um, and that was it. And I, I, I couldn't understand what the hell was going on with me because it was, because like I'd go out, like like you said, I'd go out normal, absolutely fine with the lads. I'm probably the most, probably one of the loud ones in the group. And, you know, nobody knew anything, but I'd have times where I'll probably break down when I'm at home. Um, and I wouldn't know why I'm breaking down, why I'd be feeling like this and these waves, or it'd be like waves of um, like breakdowns. I didn't know what the, what the hell was going on with me. So it got to the point where, my wife, Amin, actually said to me, she goes, look, I think you need to get medical help, as in something's not right here. You're not, you're not right. You know, this is not normal. Um, so, so yeah, so then I, I seek out your medical help, which was, which was a challenge in the first place, um, actually going out and actually speaking to the doctor to say that I think I've got an issue. I don't know what's going on. But thankfully, the doctor was really helpful. And I think there's quite a bit out there in the community now. Um, around mental health and especially now with the lockdown and the pandemic so I, I seek help and um, again nobody really knew about it no I'd, I'd never really mentioned it to anyone that I was going through it um, the crazy part was I've always been one of the people that people will come to to talk to if they're feeling a bit shit if they're feeling down so I used to apparently give the greatest of advice but not actually take it myself um, so yeah, that's it really. So then I seeked help. I got some counseling. Um, I had about six, seven sessions counseling. Um, I've never thought it'd work for me. I just thought, why am I going to talk to someone about my issues and problems and how's that going to help me in any kind of way? But it, it did help me quite a bit. Um, and that's it. And to be honest, I came out the other side and it was basically just a blip in my life when I felt a bit down and a bit shit, to be honest. Um, and then it got to the point where I thought to myself, do you know what? I feel like I can use my platform, especially in the Asian community, especially in our community, and especially for blokes. People have seen the side of me, me lifting heavy weights and stuff like that. If I can come out and say, you know, I've suffered with it, then hopefully it'll just sort of give people that sort of awareness where they can actually talk about it because if if, if Bally's talking about it it's okay to talk about it so yeah I mean like I mean it's just a lot of heavy content to just go through there there's a, there's a few questions that you know I, I want to ask um kind of like starting off with you were really competitive you're an elite sportsman yeah there's not that many opera in that whole scene anyway to start off with. So you already, you know, there's, I'm, I'm guessing there's a lot, there's pressure in that, but taking it forward, you're achieving a lot, you're winning a lot to take it suddenly away from you. Cause I remember, I think I was, I think I spoke to you when you were injured at one stage. Yeah. And you were okay. just telling me, and I think I was just saying to you, you, you know, you've, you've lost a lot of weight. Cause I remember yeah. the size of you, that was one of the key things. So, what point did you kind of recognize that you know the body's not working the same as it used to be and the second and the follow-up kind of question is 
how did you know that you needed to have that medical help? I know you, you said that your wife did, but then you could be told by your wife loads of things. Yeah, how do you know that this is this was different? That I was like, I need to go and do it. With me, what happened was, um, I actually think before I made my effective comeback, before I was aiming to come back when I got myself injured, I think my mental health issues actually happened before that, to be honest. Mm. Because what it was, was I was, I've always been into my training and stuff like that and got to a decent size and so on and so forth. But then when I got married, I sort of took the pedal off the gas and I started, you know, sometimes I wouldn't go to the gym. Um, because I, I don't know, I drank too much the night before or, yeah. or whatever. I was taking time off. I, I never used to do that. I never used to do that. So it was then where all of a sudden I thought to myself, I need to get back into shape because I was getting fat and I was just, I was never like that. So to be honest, I think that's where it actually triggered, where it actually first started. Um, but the thing was, I was, I was trying, clearly I was suffering with something but I was trying to find a way out and I was thinking to myself, right. Okay. So you, you become very spontaneous and you think to yourself, actually, if I do this, this is going to help me and I'm going to feel better. I'm going to feel good about myself. If I do this, I'm going to feel good about myself and I'm going to feel better about it. So I started boxing and I started boxing training. Yeah, great. This is brilliant. And then I'd be like, no, actually, I think I need to start powerlifting again. So your, your head's, trying to find ways to keep you busy to keep those sort of demons away effectively mm. but like you were saying about the pressure i announced and said to said to everyone on social media i'm making a comeback and i'm going to be lifting in november to be honest i probably shouldn't have done that because that gave me added pressure because I just put pressure on myself, even though I was probably going through some issues in, in the background, which I didn't yeah. even know of, but that added pressure to it. So I was going to the gym and my body wasn't reacting how it should be reacting because I've been away from it for so long. But I was trying to push it, push it, push it, push it because I had a point to prove. I felt like I needed to sort of let people know that, you know, I'm not that guy that, goes out goes to parties drinks loads has a good time blah 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 i i'm still got this competitive side to me and i'm still a sportsman and i can still go and do it so i put that sort of pressure on to me and then obviously the injury happened and then it was because i couldn't do what i was able to do it just started affecting me and it just started break eating away at me but then when it got to the to answer your question when it sort of come to a head and I thought, shit, actually, I need some help, was I think this was like the third or fourth time where I sort of broke down and I couldn't understand what the hell was going on. I, I keep on reiterating that. I know I keep on reiterating that, but I'm sure people that have been through it will be able to relate. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was like, what is wrong with me? Is there something, you know, seriously wrong with me? because surely other people are not going through this. Yeah. And the thing was, I couldn't actually pinpoint what the issue was. I couldn't pinpoint it. I didn't know what it was. So it was at that point where I thought, right, enough's enough. I can either carry on like this 
because I'll be fine for like a month, two months, and then I'll have like a downward period. But I'd make excuses for it. I'd think to myself, do you know what? I I, I drank too much over the weekend. I'm just on a I'm just on a downward spiral. I just feel a bit shit because of the booze, antidepressant, blah 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 blah. But I'd, I was just making excuses to myself that really clearly there was an issue, and I needed to get it done. But it got to a point where I thought to myself, no, I can't continue like this. I don't want to continue like this. I don't want to live like this either where for a couple of months I'm absolutely fine and then all of a sudden I feel like fucking shit again. So, sorry, mind my French. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. I, I just, so, you know, the, the, you talk about the pressure that was in there. Um, I know you, your dad was uh, your trainer at the time. You know, you're spending quite a lot of time. If, you, if you're going to be an, an elite athlete, you're going to be spending a lot of time with your trainer to push you through to that level. Yeah. Did, did your dad see any indication that, hang on, something's not right here, especially at the time when you were going to do your comeback? He knew, and he said to me, because he's my trainer, um, he knew and he said to me, you're pushing it way too hard. Just calm down. There's a competition coming up in March of the following year. No, 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 Dad, I need to lift this year. And he was like, I'm telling you, you're rushing it, right? But I was headstrong. I was like, no, I'm fine. I know what I'm doing. Biggest mistake ever. Biggest mistake ever. If I if, if I listened to him, I wouldn't have had that issue, would I? To be honest, I don't think so. I don't know, man. Because if you, yeah. I mean, I'm only just going off what what you're what you're saying. So, like, you know, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. But you, you know, you you said to yourself that the, there was issues beforehand. You felt that there was something already there. Yeah. You know, it could have been a delay, delayed reaction, but these uh, these circle of events just basically happen and act as a catalyst for it to come forward. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, no, that's fair. But I'm just saying, I think the injury, it would have prevented the injury if, I, if I'd listened to mm. Not the, the issue. I, don't, I, I think it potentially could have avoided the injury if I listened to him and didn't push ahead so much. Just kind of uh, taking it a little bit further back in terms of, you know, your competitions and becoming that, you know, the elite athlete. Those competitions that you talk about, how big are they in the powerlifting world? I mean, it's not probably common to the, you know, the the the, the more common sports that we see on TV or on, here on radio. Um, you know, how big is it? It is big, um, but it's not, it's not classed as a pro sport. Powerlifting is not classed as a pro sport. Um so it's not in the Olympics. So when I used to talk to people before, it used to be like, oh, if it's the Olympics, look at the Jana and you're like, no, it's not an Olympic sport because they're, they're like, well, why can't you do that? Do weightlifting instead then and go to the Olympics because, you know, you get that. Is that, just, is that just pure the Desi mentality? <laughs> yeah. if, you could, if you could do this, that means you could, you know, pick up a fucking house or something. If you, if you can lift some kind of weight, then why can't you lift the weight in a different yeah. kind of way? I don't understand it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's not it's not a, um, it's, it's not classed as a professional sport. Um, but worldwide, it's actually quite big. Um especially in America is big. I mean, like if you look at all the like the strong men and stuff like that, like world's strongest man and stuff like that, if you have, if, if you have a look at their um their backgrounds, a lot of them predominantly are going to be powerlifters. Yeah. Um, I think Mark is it Mark is Mark Henry in that kind of I remember when Mark Henry was a powerlifter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Mark Henry was a powerlifter. If he could do it, then it's a, yeah it's pro sport if he's doing it. Yeah, but yeah, but no, no, no. So he okay, was have I turned into have I turned into that this young cook? You've turned into this young cook. <laughs> <laughs> huh? 
you should have, why didn't you go into wrestling WWE? I know, I know, man. I know. To be honest, at one point I was going to go to Kabaddi as well. Oh, I, was, I, was, I was looking at that avenue as well at one point. But then you know, you know, you talked about being drug free. You know, people don't want to say it, but Kabaddi is yeah, full, it's, of steroids. It's full of it. It's full of it. That's what that's what sort of put me off it because I just thought to myself, it's not a, it's not a level playing field, is it? It's, it's not. No. You know, just just touching on that, how did you get? Were you ever at the peak of your kind of career in in the powerlifting? Were you getting offered to kind of go into that next level of using? No, because it depends on the people that you're sort of associated with. So, like the federation that I actually live for, there's various different federations that you that, that there are in powerlifting. So, the federation is actually British Drug Free Powerlifting Association. Right. So specifically it's drug free so all those people there is it, is it drug free because the test ain't there it's drug free because they test you okay <laughs> <laughs> it's drug free because they test you so there's other there's other federations which i won't mention any names but they know who they are um where they don't say that you can take steroids but they also say that we don't test you okay <laughs> so, so read between the lines basically i think i i think my whole kind of faith in uh, drug testing um obviously one of my background is in in this in this field as well yeah um but have you ever watched the documentary icarus on uh, netflix bits and bobs of it yeah yeah i watched that and honestly my faith in sports has just went downhill it's like every because he was going so just the in in the documentary there were um, it was a cyclist um, who he, he did the he did the uh, a race I can't remember the name of the race uh, without drugs got got into position um, then found this scientist basically who was kind of head of this anti doping program and then and then convinced him to just kind of drug him up to the to the max and so he could just see what what position he could get as it was going on. This whole story of the Russian kind of um, Olympics around Sochi, and started to kind of unravel. And this this scientist who he became mates with uh, was was a, was a key figure into it. And then he just went into detail of how they used to kind of switch samples in loads of sports, um, and how how proactive it is in in countries that is kind of like state run. And then. As you just seen, if you look at, if you ever get a chance um, to look at the Tour de France winners over the over the last kind of twenty years, how many of them have actually been busted for uh, doping? Is is ridiculous? Madness! It's madness! It's madness on a different level. I mean, even like with us, there's still like you can get tested. The, the good thing is, it's probably the best you can get out there at the minute because you can get tested. You get tested randomly. They've got your address. They've got all your details and stuff. So they can randomly come and drug test you at home or at your gym and stuff like that. They've got all those details. So have they ever come to you? Yeah. No, 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 they haven't. No. <laughs> drug free. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they haven't. But then it's 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 one of those taboos. But now now I think see that when my dad was lifting back in the 80s and 90s, like drugs, it wasn't as big but like now every other gym goer like somebody just wants to bulk up and just do a bit of, a bit of training you know they they can just it's quite easily to get hold of it people just take it like whatever yeah. i it's saw crazy. yeah i saw um a, 
podcast with the Dorian Yates, and he was talking about what his routine was, and he and he, I think he put it up on on the internet of what what he was taking, and they, they couldn't believe they didn't believe him that he was taking a a, um, a kind of a, a small amount compared to what people think that he was taking to get that big. Yeah, it's um, a stack. He was talking about his, it's a stack or something, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. so I think. Um, with steroids, it works in cycles, don't they? So they have normal one uh, one cycle for around about six six weeks, and then uh, they will take another kind of steroid for uh, another six weeks, especially if they're going towards kind of like a, um, competing. I might be fucking this up totally, but uh, I, that was kind of like my uh, my reading into it. But they'll be taking quite a lot of the stuff to get into, especially if they're going to be kind of performing or getting into competitive. Yeah, hundred percent. There's there's loads of different types that people take. Yeah, yeah. If you go to if you go to India, there's a lot of people in the band that don't even know that they take steroids. How do you know? Come on. So there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's a story there. <laughs> I went years and years ago, right? Years ago. This was when I was a kid, and somebody was there talking, and they were like, "Oh, share to go email right?" And within six weeks, right, the banda gets huge, right? So I was thinking, right, and they called they it. Know, a thug, they called oh, it. A there's thug. a lot of stories. There's a lot of story. There's a lot of jokes that be made at this. I just want. I'll just. I'll just say something funny, but you need to clarify this very quickly. <laughs> as in, the bloke will get big, as in muscular. Right. With this with this goal with this goalie, right? <laughs> so but they called it they called it a Takatali goalie, right? <laughs> so the, the Takatali goalie was actually Diana Ball. I think it's Diana Ball. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it is Diana Ball, yeah. So it's 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 a steroid, but they would just popping them out there like fucking vitamins, you get what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think like even Hulk Hogan was saying, you know, in the in the WWF days where there was a lot of um, a lot of the wrestlers. They had no idea what they were doing. They were literally taking them every day, injecting every day, every day. Um, allegedly, from Hulk Hogan, what he said, just in case. Um, but they, I think it was this whole craze of the phenomenon of kind of like getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's yeah. kind of it's, it's all that growth hormone and all these kind of things. So it's like it just kind of bringing it back, really there's the drug-free version of what you're doing around powerlifting, but then there's like many different forms from it. In terms of like Apne involved in this whole scene, you know, is it is it growing or is it just still kind of you involved? Or In our federation, there's probably at a max a handful, when I mean literally a handful in, a fed, in, in this federation. There's, there's, there's other federations where people are in, you know they're they're, they're lifting there up on it but even still it's sort of the same sort of people that i saw when i was 15 years old the same sort of people that are doing it is still the same sort of people but you know it's uh i think with the up and our community it's why go to a competition when you can just go to the gym and you can pop a few steroids if you want and get really big do you know what i mean and walk around like you're the man Mm. But because it, like I said, is easily done now, and people just people take them like paracetamols nowadays. Yeah, you're definitely seeing a lot of the younger generation looking after themselves. It's you know a lot more kind of health conscious uh, 
do you feel the same or do you think it's just a, a kind of a, a phase? No, I think people are. I think people are. I think people are probably looking after themselves a bit more doing cardio. They're actually looking into their diets and things like that. Let's say probably 20, 30 years ago, that wasn't the case. You know, people, I don't think people did look into their diets and stuff like that. So, uh, so no, definitely people are um, out there and looking out for themselves and, uh, you know, looking after their body and, uh, and researching stuff. I mean, the internet's obviously a great thing, isn't it? Where people, you know, research what's he doing, what's, what are they taking and mm. what's their diets and, you know, what's their training regimes and stuff. And I do the same as well, to be honest. So, you mentioned something a bit earlier when you just said that, you know, you were conscious that you were becoming fat. Mm. Um, you know, we're in the age of kind of like social media where imaging is is really big. And, and within the bodybuilding, there's PEDS, um, that's the performance image enhancing drugs or the other way around. Um, do you feel that there's this another pressure on 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 people to try and look good as much as they can? And especially in the field that you are, how much of a pressure that is it? How, how much pressure is it then to start taking some of these drugs to get get bigger? So, and so for, for me, thankfully, it's not too bad because as a powerlifter, you don't have to be body beautiful. Um, so you don't have to be, you know, ripped. That's wicked for that's wicked for this season. Yeah, it's wicked for this season. That's one. Yeah. I mean, there needs to be more this season joining joining the get powerlifting. The, program, get the man. get the unit there, then that you're fine. Yeah, that's it. That's it, man. You know, for a powerlifter, it's all about strength. So if you've got a power belly, some people, that's what they call it. They call it a power belly. I'm all right with that. More power to you. There's a few so, people uh, in our crew that can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't mention names, but they know who they, exactly who they are. Uh, <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, so there I'm, you go. The top of my head as well. Um, yeah, I think, and going back to my point, you know, it's not everybody that's, you know, taking steroids and, or whatever to, to, to make themselves look good, right? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is it's probably more often now where you've got people that are taking steroids and stuff like that because they want to look good. Um, and it's all because of, you know, social media and this, that, the other, and, you know, Snapchat and Instagram, and, you know, you need to look good for that. And so I think that's, that's, that's the downside of things um where people think that's the easy route um go down that route well you're gonna get you're gonna get trolls on anything as well aren't you? so even if you're you think you're doing the right thing and you're putting it out it's, i mean even like your podcast you know what the, the react you've partnered up with a few big guests you've you know yeah. you've built yourself a profile there's definitely a momentum in there how have you how have you dealt with that reaction um it's been all right to be honest um thankfully I haven't had any trolls at the minute. Um, I'm sure I probably will get them at some point, but if if they do, then I can't believe that they're actually trolling me when I'm trying to talk about mental health and trying to yeah. raise awareness on something like this. Yeah. But if they are, you know what, let them, let them troll. Um, but yeah, I, I think it does. Initially, when I, when, I think that was the thing that sort of put me off coming out and talking about my story originally yeah because because when I went through that sort of dark time in my life I suffered with anxiety quite a bit mm. and I was just thinking to myself shit if I pull this out and people start trolling me and this is that going to affect me but 
I'm in a state now where, to be honest, I don't give a shit. So if, if you're going to troll me, troll me. But I'd rather you come and troll me to my face because hiding behind a keyboard ain't going to, you know, I'm going to make sure it's not going to affect me in any kind of way because I know at the end of the day, the reason that I'm doing this podcast and the reason that I'm doing all this stuff about mental health, the main goal is to make sure that if there's anybody out there that's suffering, they can open up and they can talk about it. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I picked out when we had this conversation, you know, on the phone, you know, a few times in terms of like how, how to deal with these kind of things. And um, I mean, it's quite, sometimes it's a bit easy to say though, Bally, isn't it? It's very like, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, you know, we ain't gonna look at this. You ain't gonna do that. But so all it takes is kind of that that one off comment, and it can it can do it. It can really. Yeah, it can play it, on your mind, but yeah. it definitely, yes, yeah, it's, it's easier said than done. Definitely, I, I think it's. I think if I do start getting them through, yeah, it probably will affect me at some point. But you need to just be in that mindset where you sort of think to yourself, do you know what? I know the reason why I'm doing it. I'm doing this for the right reasons. Yeah. It's not for any monetary value. I'm doing it for the right reasons to get the word out. So if you're going to troll, crack on. You've obviously, they've, they've clearly got more issues than I bloody had when <laughs> I was in my dark time. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I, I get what you mean. And, you know, it's just to echo, obviously, the resilience that you've got and the, the strength in terms of, like, putting, you know, obviously you've got the physical strength and you're building up your, your mental strength in order to put it out. I think it's one of those stories that need to kind of be uh, be mentioned because everyone's going to have, everyone's got mental health, good and bad mental health. You've got, it'll fluctuate around it. So, Bali, in terms of, like, the, um, you know, your competitions level uh, that you were competing at an elite level, where are you now in, in terms of, like, your, so- your career? So I actually lifted um, when I came back back in 2019, in May 2019. That was a big thing for me, uh, coming back from all that, coming back from injury, coming back from suffering with, with my mental health. Um, that was big for me. Um, and I, I competed in just the deadlift. And um, I pulled up a 250 kilo deadlift, set a new record, West Midlands record. Well done. Yes. And, uh, thank you, brother. And... Um, I qualified for the British, which would have been in March 2020. Um, but the so, map. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so um, so yeah, that's that at the minute. I mean, um, I'm just going to see how I get on. But I've been training quite hard as much as I possibly can do during lockdown, um, making the most of the weights that I've got at home, um, and not letting the uh, you could have sold them. At the beginning of the lockdown, do you remember? It was it was two things that was like gold dust. Sorry, three things. Actually, four things. <laughs> One, everyone started cleaning their PS4 fans. Remember there was yeah. a piece of that? Then, <laughs> then it was Tiger King. Everyone then was after a haircut machine. Yes. And then the last one was weights. Weights Wait, were like gold dust. Weights were big. There's one guy I know. Um, he turned around and goes to me, his mate... Before lockdown, check this out for an entrepreneurial idea. He purchased, I think, five bench presses from Argos with the weights for, I think, 110, 120 pound each. And then I think he was he was knocking them out in lockdown for about 400, 450 each. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Why couldn't I think of shit like that? 
Because you're dizzy in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I th- to be fair, I mean, I think I probably want to ask you a little bit of a difficult question, really, on on that, which is, you you've had an episode with your mental health. We know the lockdown, especially, has been a testing time uh, for a lot of people. How did it? How did it affect your mental health? And were you ever worried that there might be a lapse because of the situation? To be honest, um, I drank more definitely, if I'm being totally honest, um, during the lockdown. I think, you know, you think you've got no work and you're sitting at home and yeah, it's great. But then I think after about a week or so, you think to yourself, shit, this ain't really good, you know. Um, So yeah, I, I probably drank a bit more, but then because of all the stuff that I've been through, I can sort. I feel like I can sort of adapt now. Mm. So, the first couple of months, I thought I sort of myself. Do you know what? I'm getting a bit lazy again. I'm getting a bit out of control again now. They said right. So then I knocked the booze on the head, and I actually went. I went vegan for about a month, and just like another mate of ours. Well, another mate of ours, I think he takes it to a different level. I've I've heard about snake diets and all sorts, but we'll leave that for another day. Um, So I went vegan for a month and um, I felt good, you know. I actually felt really good. Mm. Um, And that was it. And then before you know it, it was the summer and things started opening up again. So so it wasn't too bad. I think... Is vegan good for powerlifting and to get get that... (laughs) And because think, there's, a, there's a few documentaries, there's a few schools of thought thinking. Mm. Yeah. I think people are mmming about it. To be honest, I had a lot more energy. That's interesting. I, I had a lot more energy. I was a lot more alert. I had a lot more energy. I did, to be honest. Compared to just eating. What about yeah. intermittent fasting? Uh, good. Good. I, I've tried that. Uh, intermittent fasting's good. Um, doing the whole, you know, the cycles, isn't it? The the but the eight hour window of eating and stuff. So I focused. I thought to myself again. I was sort of a bit all over the place. I was thinking, what the hell am I going to do now? Because I can't power lift, power lift, because I'm at home. Um, but I don't want to lose too much weight either. But then I could see my dad's coming out a bit, and then I just thought, right, okay, just try and lose a bit of body fat as much as I can, and then focus on getting back in the gym again in the summer. If you made the mixed grill diet, and it mm. sh- and it showed that you still could, could you could still have your power, you painted it that you would be, you'll be earning more than that guy selling four fifty benches. <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of like um, your situation now, are you are you still training? Are you still able to training? Is it is the goal yeah. still the British? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the goals are. My goals have probably slightly changed a bit now because I've had more time to recover. So potentially, my dad probably won't like hearing this, potentially I might actually come back to full powerlifting, so squat, bench, deadlift, um, to be honest. So maybe even beginning of next year or end of this year, depending on how things go. So I'm ready, man. I'm raring to go, to be honest. And your injuries, you know, you talked about, um, you know, it was just ripped off. I I, I did see it. uh, yeah, I did see a video where somebody actually had that injury and, and the record, yeah. I think 50 Cent might have put it up on his Insta or something, I can't remember. And you could just see the muscle tearing. It was a very common... Uh, common it's common. Uh, it's very common, injury, isn't it? Yeah, mine was a... Um, 
Is it minor? Pectoral rip. Uh, yeah, pectoral yeah. Pectoral it wasn't pen. even a. It was a. Rip, it was basically the tendon had come off clean off the bone, so the 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 shoulder and the pec has got one of the tendons has come off clean off the bone. So that the op, op they did on it was to reattach it back again, because what they said to me was if I didn't get that operation done, because to be honest, about a week later I was fine. It didn't it didn't bother me. I wasn't even hurting nothing. Mm. But they go if you leave it how it is, the body's so clever it will just attach to somewhere else, to somewhere around that area. And then he goes, you might even struggle picking up a, a shopping bag. So I was like, I, I can't be dealing with that. So that's why I got the operation done. But yeah, no, it's fine, to be honest. Touch wood, I've not had any issues, um, even on bench press and everything. It, it feels good. You know, you're talking about your experiences. Um around mental health how is that how has that made you feel i tell you the truth i feel on cloud nine i feel like i've got a new lease of life because i feel that when i'm getting messages through i feel i'm actually doing something making a difference and there was something missing in my life because i was thinking to myself there's i always wanted to do something but i've never actually known what my calling card was effectively yeah. and i feel like this is my calling card because the love and the messages I'm getting from people saying how much of an impact it's made on them already. Yeah. And I've been doing it since probably the beginning of the year. That's sort of, you know, but that's made my mood and everything feel good as well. I feel good about myself as well, where I know that I'm helping people. I've always liked Rick helping people mm -hmm. if I can in any kind of way. Like I said before, people will pick up the phone to me or meet me or whatever, any issues they've got they'll talk to me and I'll always try and find a solution. But I never took the advice myself. But, yeah. I think it's some of the hardest thing is like, especially if you're in that kind of line of work is where you're trying to give out advice and the hardest thing is actually doing it yourself. I think you just go through experiences, learning about what you've done and then, you know, actually, talking is easy, and it talking is cheap, yeah. and you can just say, yeah, oh, "Just stop, just do this side of it." But I think it's kind of where you're able to give your experience and tell somebody, "Oh, look, this is what I went through." Then you give them a choice, and it's a choice whether they want to do it, or it's a choice that whether they want to kind of ignore it respectfully. You know, a lot of the times when you're giving advice for, from that side, so you know, when you were looking at these gaps, sorry. You know, when you were looking at uh, seeking for help and looking for, for like mental health, there's organizations. Did you, uh, this is an area in addictions or talking therapies. Is there any, do you find there was a gap in the service for Apne, especially Apne lads? The problem with Apne lads is, is we've got WhatsApp groups, yeah? Yeah. Apne lads are notorious for WhatsApp groups, right? I, everyone loves a WhatsApp group, yeah? But the thing is, is nobody has got the confidence to turn around and say, do you know what? I don't feel too good. This is really bugging me. It's that whole ego thing, isn't it? I think it's that ego thing. And who was it? Who was it? I saw something. I think it's that rugby player. I forgot his name now. And he was like, prime example is if one of the 
if there's a girls group and one of the girls sent a message said, you know what, girls, I feel a bit shit. My husband's been an asshole to me um, and blah, blah, blah. They'd be there. They're supportive. They're there. But with blokes, it's different. I don't know what it is. It's just completely different. And especially with upbringing. But then if you look at it, I don't know the exact figures, but if you look at the figures of men's suicide as a whole, if you look at the Upana community, if you look, if you break it down to that, I'm sure you're probably aware of it, Rick, with yeah. everything that you do. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah, it is one of the higher demographics when I look back in it. I, I haven't like the I haven't seen the figures for a while, but even then it was starting like young Asian males are um are one of the biggest sort of uh uh higher demographics who, who actually uh, suffer from suicide in, in that way. But I think in terms of those conversations, even with family, I mean, like I'm, gu- I'm guilty of it, exactly what you've just said in terms of WhatsApp group. So in terms of like, look, there'll be a lot of lads uh, who are going to be uh, listening in at some stage um, into this podcast. Do you, what could have, what could have we done? I'm saying we as a collective, we as, you know, up and lads saying, making your experience a bit easier? Um, That's a difficult question because I don't think anything what you could have done would have made my experience any easier, if I'm being totally honest, because that is my mindset at that point is like the majority of lads where we do not talk once the word mental health or I don't feel too good or... I'm stressed or I'm feeling a bit down or depressed, the barriers come up and the conversation changes. So I don't think, even if, I think my own ego wouldn't have allowed me to sort of open up and say anything. But thinking about it now, maybe if it was a point that on a one-to-one basis, somebody turned around and said Bally are you okay but are you really okay like is everything okay are you sure you know this won't go anywhere you can talk to me about it maybe that just that one going that extra bit there maybe that might have allowed me to sort of open up and say you know what actually Rick yeah I don't feel too good man that is so actually asking that extra okay might have been that key key bit too safe environment isn't it so you just explained that you're creating a safe environment asking that extra okay that might have been a little bit of a a trigger but i think some of the things something you said earlier as well which was around you were you were kind of self-medicating with alcohol at that point you know how did did that start becoming an issue was it linked to no no i mean to be honest with me it's I've always. I'm not trying to find connections. I'm just. No, saying no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I get that. I get that. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Um, to be honest, with the drink, it wasn't a case of I was drinking daily. I, I've always kept it to predominantly. I'll keep it to Monday to Friday. I don't drink. I train Monday to Friday. Yeah. Um, and even when I was in that downward period, Monday to Friday, I wouldn't drink. Um, I drink on the weekend, but maybe I probably have a couple of more on a Saturday and a couple more on a Sunday compared to what I'd normally have. Um, but that wasn't because I was I was using that as a medication in any kind of way of, you know, because I'm feeling down and depressed. But the only link that I would say was because of the alcohol, I was 
using that as an excuse on, let's say, the Monday or the Tuesday, when I'm feeling down, oh, it must have been because I had a big session on the weekend. Yeah. That was that's the only link that I would probably say there. It wasn't so a case that it was, that it was the excuse then, yeah. Yeah, it was the excuse. It was the excuse. I was using that as an excuse where I was thinking, oh, do you know what? I had, I had a bit too much to drink on Saturday, Sunday. Um, Alcohol is a depressant, and that's probably why I'm feeling so down. But I was using that as an excuse. And then every time, I'd, 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 if I had those breakdowns, I'd sort of say to my wife, oh, it's probably because of the alcohol, probably because I drank too much over the weekend. That's why I'm feeling down like this. Do you think... Um, do you think you'll take this momentum forward and in, into some kind of a campaign or something along those lines where, you know, targeting, especially young Asian males, you know, I'm talking about that WhatsApp demographic that you, you were talking about. I don't know, Rick, to be honest, I'm open to doing anything I possibly can do to help anything I can do to help. That's all. That's I didn't really think about, even when I thought about, I'm going to, I'm going to come out and talk about my story. I didn't think about podcasts. I didn't think about YouTube yeah. channels. I didn't think about anything. I just thought, you know what, I'm going to come out with my story some way or another. Um, so people know that it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay for people to discuss it. If somebody like me, who's a powerlifter is coming out and saying, yeah, I went through a bit of a shit time. To be honest, one person that did give me a lot of motivation in doing that is uh, Tyson Fury. Yeah. Um, I think his story was so inspiring and that that inspired a lot of people, I think, to sort of just come out and say, do you know what? Wow, this guy, the world heavyweight champion of the world, he suffered with it and he suffered with it bad. Mm. And he openly talks about it. He's openly discussed it. So I'm not comparing myself to Tyson Fury. But what I'm saying is, is if there's somebody like that that can talk about it, then I'm just hoping that me talking about it sort of helps someone. So I, I know I, I know I know you're saying you're not comparing yourself, but it's almost kind of a bit of a similar story where you know he achieved uh, you know heavyweight champion of the world. You've achieved your your um, your elite status and we're becoming two two time world champion. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I think from from my understanding from listening to his story, it was like now what what now what do I do? And then he just went into this kind of snowball effect and, you know, progressively kind of uh, drink a drug uh, abuse and then get into into a Ferrari, really, and aiming, going on yeah. 100, 100 miles per hour, basically heading yeah. heading off a bridge or towards a wall and then getting that, getting that moment. So I, I know it's not exactly the same, but, you know, you reach your pinnacle, you're in that yeah. stage, you get that injury, and then you then you're trying to fight your way to get back to the top. So I think, you know, the story of a comeback, it's almost like a Rocky comeback, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to, to, to come around. I know, and loads of up and I love the Rocky story. <laughs> Everyone loves Rocky, man. Even all the auntie and uncles love, love Rocky, man. Who doesn't love Rocky? As soon as, as soon as you start hearing that music... <laughs> yeah. everyone starts go, go, everyone's going to start doing press-ups straight away. <laughs> I can't play the music on here just in case I get done in it, so... <laughs> But no, you got a point there, Rick, to be honest. And I think even with what everything you do with the whole... See, I didn't really know exactly in depth what you sort of did. And I've only recently just found out what you did, right? <laughs> Can so, you let me know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no. But like, again, it's not probably something that you would talk about in the WhatsApp group, is it? 
it's not something you would openly sort of talk about and say, look, you know, lads, if you're suffering or if you've got any issues, you know, you know I'm here, give me a shout. You do know I do this. Yeah, I think it was kind of it's it's kind of multi-layered, and I'm I'm sure I'm gonna end up repeating myself several times where I just got frustrated, if I'm honest with you, is because it was interesting, you know, like I got the question, which was like, you know, why are you why are you doing a podcast? And I actually just turned around and said, I was like, this year has allowed me to kind of re- reflect on myself. I had a, I had my gallbladder removed out uh, a few months back, and it's really changed the way that I was able to kind of function for a short while. And you know, I've, I've always got into this podcasting and talking kind of thing, and always wanted to do it. I think what the difference was um, on this on this one was. I just wanted to speak to people who I'm interested in and subject matter that I'm uh, interested in. I'm not, I don't care about the views. I don't care if one person looks at it. I don't care if it's 100, 100 people. You know, anything's uh, uh, appreciated. But I got to, when I was talking about addictions and I got into this field, I actually got into this field because one of my mates was smoking weed quite a lot in Han- when I used to live in Hansworth. And... Uh, I come out of uni, I got a job, and then I saw this job to be like a drug referral worker in um, in the police. I saw, um, got involved, and my, you know, you talked about ego. You know, my ego kicked in. I'd done some training, and like a prat, I went to go and see him, and I said, "Yo, Giza, I'm I'm a drug worker now. I could come and save you." And I'll never ever forget. There was like five or six lads that he was with. And he laughed in my face. And it was at that moment is where I thought I got such an ego where I'm going around thinking I can save people. He's, he wasn't ready or he, he didn't want to. And that was a really humbling experience, really, because I had to kind of process it and digest it to thinking that I was like, you know, when you're younger, you think you're, you think you're special, you got all the strength and you think you can save the world. And I got to a point where I was like, I don't think I was able to, you know, in my, in my own head. So I was, I was literally going on to kind of like Britasia TV, going on all these places. And I started to notice when I was like more active on social media, I was getting a lot of, you know, I had a bit of a following. Um, people would like, especially if it was non-related to drugs, it was more like Bangla, uh, Man United, anything, you know, jokes or something. But anytime it was some of a serious matter, it used to just get washed over. You know how it is in, in WhatsApp or on, on, on Twitter, especially. Someone puts up something serious, then another person just puts something else, then all of a sudden it just gets lost in the messages. And then, I'll be honest, I got to a point where I was absolutely sick and tired of it because I was constantly getting phone calls about situations which were really negative situations. You know, people's families being destroyed marriages being destroyed relationships being destroyed with parents and children loads of it and there was only so much negativity that I could I could take you know I was like I could just feel my own shoulder slumping Mm. I was it was having an it was having an effect on me in, in in some ways and I was using other stuff to kind of distract myself and then I got to a point where I was like I needed a bit of time out I took a time out and luckily I you know we got a good bunch of mates around us and I, don't, I, didn't, I never felt the need to go and say to them, oh, this is what it is. I think people just knowing it, they'll say, listen, let's just go out for a drink. Let's go and do, 
foot golf. Let's go and do uh, snooker. Let's go and do this. You know, got a good bunch of lads. And I think they've all played their part. You know, fam- my family, you know, all played their part. You've got a good relationship with every, you know, I try and keep a good relationship. But then you'd always constantly get uh, a story coming back and it used to kind of like re-trigger it off again. Yeah. And then it's only, be- you know, as you become a parent, it changes you. It, it changes you in terms of saying like, you know, where you can't take that pressure on anymore. That headspace that used to get occupied. I need to, I need to give that to my kids. I need to do that to, to my family. Those are the key things that to do it. So it's just a piece of advice out there. If people are, you know, are helping people or talking around, you need to look after your own journey as well at the same time, you know, like yeah. listen, listen to them, help us where you can, but also look at you, you know, look after yourself. I never, we got introduced to something called clinical supervision, which is where we were able to go and have some supervision about any difficult cases we were dealing with at work. And I think that's missing now where you can't, you know, that was acting like that bit of the counseling thing that you were talking about, a bit of the therapy. Mm. So a long way around coming to, to this from the start to beginning. Um, it's really important that you've got you to look after yourself because it does get you down. It does bring you down a lot of you know a lot of negativity around there you know they're not happy stories you know, very rarely oh. are you going to get like a, a happy story and very rarely do you see from the start where you've helped someone to where they become clean or they've moved on with their life because they don't really want to go back again and that's the bit around about ego which is just learning about it now i'm talking about ego where we've got our own podcasts <laughs> you know the, you know the irony but i think there's just still a bit of you know, reasoning and a bit of, you know, thinking around it. It's not about the irony of, you know, we're, we're, we're not saviors and this is not the ego. It's just the experience and the, and the, and the story. See, even if this stops, even if I stop in a, a few months time, I just, it's just an opportunity really to kind of put you, put what you've learned, speak with good people and, you know, learn as well at the same time, because I think her job said it actually in the, in the first episode, like, if you kind of stop growing, you're almost dead. Mm. You need to be, you need to be kind of always moving forward. And it's coming outside of your comfort zone, isn't it? I mean, this was, I mean, being in the sort of, you know, I, like I did a video a couple, about a month or so back um, on Instagram. The most fucking awkwardest thing I've ever done. Mm with a camera pointing to me and you know talking about men's mental health but again I thought to myself do you know what drop your ego right if you want to talk about it I just got up and I thought do you know what I need to get this off my chest I need to talk about this and I've done this video and you know loads of people got loads of messages this that the other support mm. um which was really good but again it's something I'm growing as in I'm doing things that are outside of my comfort zone. I'm not used to doing that. And even still, like, you know, sometimes you've got people on Instagram that, like, you know, they're posting daily, like, they're doing this, they're doing that, and they're talking to, you know, hello, Instagrammers, this, that, yeah. I'm still, you know, mm. I'm still a bit sceptical with that because it's just not something I'm very comfortable with. But I'm getting there, mm. and I feel good once I do it, but... You're right. You need to think what's right for you and you need to have that sort of balance. I think when I first started doing this at the beginning of the year, 
I sort of let it sort of take over my life a little bit. And I remember, I think I mentioned it to you, didn't I? I turned around and said, this is fucking, this is driving me nuts. Yeah. You know, trying to get all this done and, you know, how should the, this should be done and how should I introduce people? It's the most stupidest thing. And then I think it was only, only a couple of days ago when I said to you, I listen, I don't think you'll mind me saying this, but when your first podcast, you were sort of like fretting, thinking, oh, shit, I don't know whether this is going to come out right. I don't know how it's going to happen. This thing. And I said to you, I go, listen, I go, think about what I said. And the thing I said was, remember the reason you're doing it. Yeah. And the reason you're doing it is like you've already mentioned already. You don't care if one person listened to it, but the whole point of it is, is that you're learning and you're talking to different people and that's something you want to do. Yeah. I think, I think that... That is the correct answer. Mm. I think in, in, in the same way where I was kind of posting, you know, where you post stuff and then it kind of get ignored. Oh. If it doesn't catch attention, then it's like, it's not there. So the, you know, like this cup here is going to be here for permanent in probably in all of them. It's nothing there. <laughs> have, you actually, have you actually poured a drink in there or is that just that yeah. permanently? <laughs> this is almost been like a good luck charm where I, <laughs> it was mentioned on the first one. And I've just kind of left it there. I do wash it before anyone gets any anything, but I'm just it is empty. There's nothing in there. But it but I just, you know, it was it was interesting because my my uh, another mate of mine, you know, he, he was he was turning around, he goes, Look, whatever you're gonna do in it, you gotta do it properly. So, you know, where where I was trying to take where I was just trying to get it right. So if I if I get it right from the beginning, because I, I was this is all learning, new learning. You know, we've been phoning each other trying to work out these links and everything that for you know five times a day calling each other to get to get to that bit. But I just thought I, if I could start it right in that way, then I just keep it that keep it keep it going. Then hopefully, then like it is still that it's still the way the world where you've got to try and uh, you've got to put it out on the right bits. If you've done everything in your in your power to just try and do the best. Like I'm content now. I've tried everything now. Mm. I don't. I, I don't care. Like I said, I don't care what it is. It's just I'll just put it in that. Put it in a format, and hopefully, if somebody wants to listen to it, great. If not, I'm of it. You know, it's 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 good on them. And learning, you're it's learning, and you're growing. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it is the it is that it is learning new skills. I think that's that's vital because. Even with the kids, you know what they're learning now at school, like coding, and they're learning all this kind of editing. You know, it really shits me up. I listen. Like my daughter, she she pulled out some um, some homework. I swear to God, I was at the point where I forgot what fractions. I forgot all of this, and I look back and I just think, thank God I got my GCSE. I don't need to worry about that. But then you still got to worry about it because you've got to try and. You know, you as parents, you are kind of the heroes, and it they look at it. Mm-hmm. So on one side, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do this, and then secretly, I'm on Google, like looking at how to do this, how to do this thing. <laughs> Thank God for Google. Yeah, yeah, and then and then you come back and say, you know, this is how you do it. Um, so you got to constantly. I don't think it, it, you can you can relax anymore, Valley. I think you definitely can't because as technology is going. You know, they, but the other thing, you know, so the other way that I'm thinking about it now, to be honest, now with this podcasting and stuff that I'm doing now, it's keeping me busy, but keeping me busy in a good way. Yeah. So rather than having that 
routine of, okay, it's now 10 o'clock, kids are asleep, let's watch a Netflix series, yeah? yeah? Rather than wasting my time on that, which is good as well. Yeah, but that's but I, because you've watched everything and all the new uh, new series haven't come out yet. <laughs> now, if I if if the when lockdown lifts and you're still doing it, then I'll be like, oh, Bally's Bally's actually chatting. Right. Nah, none of that. You know, I've had people I've had people messaging me saying, "Have you watched this? Have you watched that?" and so on and so forth. And I was like, "No, I haven't. I haven't got the time, bro. All this podcasting." Night Stalker was the one. Nice that shit me up, man. I could, you know, I it was, you know, I, I, I'm man enough to kind of admit, uh, admit this, but go on, go on. It was one where I even had to put on, you know, you know, the lights in the plinth in the kitchen. I had to put <laughs> them on because <laughs> I was, like, I was watching it. You know, you put the kids to sleep, you know, even finished with it, and then I, I end up watching it, and I watch the first episode. What's that? What's that series? Night Stalker. Night Stalker on Netflix. Oh, I'd give that a go. Honestly, it was I ain't gonna spoil it, but I got two episodes deep into it, and I was like, I, I thought it, this can't be real, but it was. It was man, it was bad. It was very bad. That was the that was the last one. You know, I think everything everything I was watching um, was all crime related. There was all murder. There was all these kind of things, and then every I love those, man. yeah, every but every series that you're watching, it was always a flashback involved. And it started to wind me up. You think of all the series you've watched, I guarantee you there's flashbacks. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it just started to wind me up, wind me up. So I'm just, I think I'm just, while we're waiting for lockdown to be lifted, um, hopefully they come out with some new content and then get back into it. But I think you are right. This is a really good kind of distraction. I'm learning as I'm speaking to more people. Um, and then also, I don't. When do we? When do you think you're able to have these kind of conversations with people? You don't necessarily get a chance like this. No, of course you don't. People have got. People are now. But then saying that, I will tell you one thing. When I went to, back to the pub again, right after lockdown, whatever it was, one, okay, or whatever it. I go. Don't self-incriminate yourself, mate. No, 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 no. Um. Whenever that was back in the summertime, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, August time. Uh, yeah, just before then. It was weird, man. You know, the first, first like when everyone's sitting there with a pint, it was like you'd first sort of met each other. You know, when you've got that awkward situation at how, when you're when you've gone to a wedding and you don't really know anyone there, and you're sort of sitting there and you're sort of sort of making conversation and you're just sipping on your pint and just hoping for the best. It was like that, but that was like with close mates of mine. Just yeah, because yeah, kind of co- the, the conversation, I think more, I think people are more happy just to see people in physical form. Yeah. You know, I think, um, I mean, I'm like thinking back, you didn't want to shake anyone's hand. No. It, 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 there was all this kind of this stigma around it. Yeah. And then you get a bunch of people who didn't believe it was real. Yeah. And then, so then I was like, I can't talk to people like that. I'm like, okay. Let's move around. Then by the time we turn around, you say, like we've just done, we've watched everything on Netflix. Then you're like, what else are we going to talk about? And then you just talk about football, but football is shit. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, then, mate, I'll um, I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you later. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a bit of a weird one, but I am looking did forward you, to it. Did you, did, you, um, did you avoid the craze of cycling? Um, a, a good friend of mine mentioned cycling. Um, he got the he got the shorts and everything. I don't think he had the full shebang. Like he looked really good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't wasn't for me. The reason reason was because uh, it affects sort of squatting and stuff. But well, that's the excuse I gave him anyway. Um, so yeah, <laughs> but I, I know you did a bit of cycling, didn't you? Did you enjoy a bit of doing a bit of cycling? No. Yeah, yeah. So when I when I first started, I was like really, 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 really fat. And now I'm just like kind of like really, 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 really fat. Yeah, so okay. it, yeah, so it was um ended up buying I learned a lot about cycling in a very short period of time, like very quickly. So it just went out for like seeing one of my mates and he goes, Yeah, we're going to meet up. But that was a way of trying to see people but doing something positive, because I think it agreed. A lot of us started, there was a lot of extra drinking that was going on, especially with like Zoom calls and then you're getting on there and you're just constantly drinking. Then what happened was one Sunday, we've got some good country lanes just uh, around the corner from here. Um, we met up and we did this, we did this route, there's a few of us. Honest to God, my ass hurt for about four four or five days and it was it was embarrassing to like you know when like your kids are laughing at you and it was bad but the experience that I got which was such a head clear it was it was brilliant because I hadn't ridden a bike I hadn't rode a bike since um you know for about 15 20 years properly I bought one like a really good one um not too long ago but I rode it once, had a bad experience on it, and I realised what it was um, that I never, I, I didn't, I just left it in the shed. Um, but this was a chance to kind of, you know, start it again. And then I just got the bug and um, started it doing like two, two, three times a week, uh, three times at the, at the peak, and then um, got quite heavily involved in it to the point of like, you know, Lycra was purchased. Oh, Lycra was purchased. Yeah, Lycra was purchased. So I've got uh, a few outfits. You know, nice. Um, you experience, you understand the value of like chamois cream. So it, it stops like chafing and stuff. So you got to, just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then I've just, just like quite a lot with everything in it. You know, as you, you get in well into something, you get like an, an injury. And uh, I got injured because I started doing that and carried on my football. So I was, I was playing football twice a week. And then I don't think I've put my body under that much strain for a, for a good number of years. And then I think that's the, I think that's when you kind of like realise that you've got to start listening to your body more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, um, and I didn't, you know, you eat crap, you do, you know, you, you, you're not as much as drinking or anything like that, but you know, you're not looking after yourself as much. Well, Rick, so just a quick quick one on that, yeah? So, you know, we were talking earlier on, I know I'm probably going completely off subject, but I don't think I am actually, because we were talking about the safe space to talk, yeah? Hmm. So, I think you know where I'm going to be going. going I, don't, I genuinely don't know where yeah. you're going. Okay, so the safe space to talk, right? So for, for an up and our lad, right, the I won't even say majority because I don't want to stigmatise and don't want to, you know, 
But let's say the only place is really is the pub, isn't it? But then how can you, like, if there's, like, six, seven of you... Mm. Because, yeah, you know, you make a really good point, actually. I think it comes down to kind of, like, drinking habits in... in, in not, oh, not... I don't want to... We've talked quite heavily about alcohol in this one, but, I mean, like, more socialising socialising habits is where... If you look at the, the role models that we looked at, a lot of the Siane that we used to see, especially the men, they anyone used to come over Pablo to every conversation is being a pub, right? So we've kind of somehow subconsciously or consciously inherited that kind of culture. When someone comes, Pablo, let's go pub, let's go there, let's grab a quick pint, or let's go grab some food or something. Yeah, grab a mixie. I think that safe space is right in the pub if it's not misused. Mm. Because sometimes for some people they only want to drink and then they tell the truth. Sometimes they say that the other person is too drunk and forgets what they said in the morning, or the person regrets saying it in the morning. So I think it's kind of like those boundaries. And ironically, you know, when I was, and I, I think I don't know whether you made the link on it, but sometimes when we were catching up on, on a bike ride, you you're with someone. And, you know, they, they're, just having, they're just having a really clear conversation with you. You know, and you can, sometimes it can get quite quite deep, especially if, uh, you know, money problems around people getting furloughed or, um, uh, you know, they, they've lost their job or they're going to lose their job mm. or trying out ideas. I think that's what, this is what it's, it's kind of done. Um, and I, di- I did see that, I did see a post where people find it is pressure to... Uh, find a new, learn a new language or learn a new career and learn, learn a new thing. It's actually okay not to do any of those things. It's okay just to be, to survive. Something along those lines. And a part of that survival is in terms of like talking. So, you know, the safe space, I do, it depends how, how pubs react really and how people react when they see each other. You know, will people... Don't get me, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, I, think, I think if you turn around and say... Um, if it's a one-on-one basis, let's say I turn around and say, Rick, let's go for a glass, right? Standard, right? The standard kind of protocol, right? Yeah. And then maybe after a couple of beers, I might turn around and say, do you know what, Rick, I actually feel a bit shit or blah, blah, blah. I think it depends on how it's used. And I think that's a really important point that you made is how it's sort of used, how people can talk about it. So my question is to you is... Uh-oh. How do you think it will be? I know we're doing all this stuff and, and so on yeah. and so forth. How do you think it'll be easier for, let's say, Joe Blogs in a WhatsApp group who is struggling? How can we sort of get to the point where they can actually seek some kind of help or we can help them? You know something? I, it just reminded me of it. There was a few times, a few of the lads, you know, were putting it in in the in WhatsApp groups saying, you know, look, if anyone needs to talk, anyone needs any help, especially around the toilet roll pandemic, you know, when people were nicking yeah, yeah. it. We got a lot of shopkeepers in our crew, whatever. And they were saying, look, if anyone needs anything, don't worry about Russian. We've got food. We can help and we can support. I think it's there, but it isn't packaged in that same way. 
Mm. To be honest, I kind of flip it back on yourself. You know, when you talk about like the the mental health kind of things and, and everything that you experience, maybe that is the campaign. Maybe there is something there. Someone watching this or listening into this can, you know, contact you and say, "Look, is in pubs they see pubs, or is there is there a way of bringing in a culture where you can actually say, look, I need to have a chat with someone. Is there any help and support visible that you can see to put out? Because we are getting, you know, we are mature enough. I think we are kind of, our generation is getting to a point where, you know, it's not about getting whacked every time or, even if you think about the mixy culture, isn't it? It's like, let's go for a mixy during the week. That is a, that is a space, a conversation listen, space. Listen, you, 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 you have got all the privileges being where you're based <laughs> with, with all this, you know, let's go for a midweek mixy. No, but you need to make the effort. And it, that's not on me. Lemington is your Lemington is a uh, is an area that you can. Uh, I'm sure there's a few characters like Kaka and uh, Bill who can you can uh, who can uh, show you around. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know about a campaign or you've got an idea there, but I just think I just think people just need to open up. Yeah. People just need to, you know, it's not easy, but come on, man. If we're if we're having some real talk now, come on, man. Look, look at the figures, you know, in men. If you look at suicide in men, clearly there's an issue there. But one massive point that um, my uncle made to me going back, I think last back end of last year, we were at a, a funeral and. Um, somebody that I know passed away um it was suicide right and so I mentioned it to him like look they they've passed away and it's suicide right and he turned around he goes oh belly actually done that wasn't like that back in the day and I said I think I've, I've mentioned this story quite a few times but I think it's quite powerful to mention and I thought he's going to come up with the the whole dissy thing oh, men were stronger back in the days and this, that, the other part. But he didn't come out with that. He said, back in the day, he goes, everyone was on the same playing field. Everyone was going working at the same place. They were earning the same money. So there was no ego involved. And people used to talk. Blokes used to talk. They used to go to the pub. They used to probably get whacked or whatever. But they could openly turn around and say, do you know what? I've got an issue. I've got a financial issue. Or I've got an issue with one of my kids. Or... I've got this going on, that going on. And when there's 10 people there, out of those 10 people, you're going to find a solution. And that solution is resolved, done, dusted, bang, done. But now it's that, that's why I keep on banging on about ego. Now it's completely different. Now it's a case of if I open up and say that I'm not feeling good, they're going to go and tell somebody else that I'm not feeling good. And then there are people who think I'm weak and, or I've got financial issues or I've got issues with my family and hence the reason why. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Does that sort of make sense where I'm sort of coming from? Yeah, I think there's a, the, there is a wider piece of work around stigma. Mm. And, and, and that's why I think that there is, you know, the campaign. I think it's a different campaign. You know, you do hear around about a lot of mental health campaigns. But someone actually targeting our generation, you know, our peers of, of around about support. I don't think that's happened. I, I don't, I, I'm not, I could be wrong. And apologies if anyone is screaming down or whatever they're watching and, and saying, no, we do it. Um, I'm sure, you know, you've got great. No, there are some great, there are some really good, like, since I've got into this now, 
I have you got, you got papyrus, you got some of the some of the charities around there, yeah. you got the Samaritans, yeah, the lucky what else? Yeah. Um Hero Foundation. There's a there's a few yeah. few Seek few, your mind. Seek your mind, yeah. There's a, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a there is a few people a few organizations, even like with Middle Lunger say while well, they're getting for basics get, get quite heavily involved in yeah, stuff. Yeah. Apologies if I'm missing anyone out. Um but I just think there's a particular angle to come out which might be a little bit different than it than it has been before. Um maybe it's be, we've identified it, maybe we haven't. it just probably mm. needs a little bit of clarification. If there is anyone out there, get in touch. Let us know. That's Let it, us know what it. we need to do. Yeah. Bally, so we're coming towards the end now. Um, this is the bandwagon. So is there any issues or any bandwagon that you want to jump on uh happening at the moment that we have it that you want to discuss? No, I think it's just a case of, you know, people just need to just open up, talk about it, get as many people as you possibly can to, to open up and talk about this and, and get the word out there. Um, like I said, I've got my um, my podcast, which is Lift Your Life. So, you know, you're more than welcome to to listen to that. And and with Lift Your Life, it's not a case that it's, it's as I mentioned at the start, it's not a case that we, uh, it's all around mental health. It's about really what I want to get out of it is, is a feel-good factor because it's a case of the people that I'm interviewing are people that have had, had uh, some kind of adversity in their life and they've overcome it. So it's sort of more of a motivational thing as well rather than the, the, the whole mental health aspect. But I sort of delve into the kind of darker places that people have been in uh, to try and raise that awareness. So... So yeah, and then if there's you, you can grab me on Instagram, Bali Singh Chima. So if there's any questions or any kind of things that you think that might help, how we can sort of push this message forward, I'm always open to suggestions. So just drop me a note. Um, and that's it, really. I, I, I can't think of anything else in particular, but it's a very important subject. It's a subject that needs to be spoken about, and it's. I think we're getting to the point where people are starting to talk about it and open up about it, but probably not enough. Bali, on that note, um, I'm going to love you and leave you. Um, always a pleasure. So uh, we'll definitely do this again soon. And uh, I'll jump on yours and uh, we'll see where we get into that. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. Yeah, actually, I'll cut that out. All right. See you later, mate. All, <laughs> Take all the best. Bye. All the best. Thank you. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs>